No Wrong Door, Approach to Community-Based Veteran Care. Why learning about a veteran care approach will help you. Becoming culturally informed of the veteran experience is an essential first step in delivering community-based services. Understanding effective approaches to care, from outreach to the physical design of facilities to trauma-informed interviewing and community collaboration, allows you to translate substantive knowledge to best practices. How will a veteran-centric community-based approach to care enhance services? Veterans will feel more comfortable accessing care and services and disclosing the information you need in order to serve them. Veterans will more likely engage and remain in services and have positive outcomes. Veteran services will be woven into broader community support and networks of care. What does no wrong door mean? Challenges do not arise in a vacuum. It is exceedingly rare for a veteran to have one issue and be good to go otherwise. Benefits, access to medical care, career and education goals, family issues, and financial well-being are inextricably entwined. In order to address one issue, you must assess all needs, coordinate services with other providers, and leverage community-based care with federal resources. Veterans are most likely to focus on the most pragmatic need in the moment, such as employment, financial assistance, or housing. It is then, through the delivery of services, that providers may establish trust and respond to other needs, including mental health, substance issues, and trauma. Swords to Plowshares is fortunate enough to be in a service-rich environment and offer an array of service under one organizational roof. Legal assistance in VA claims and discharge, review matters, employment training services, drop-in mental health, rapid rehousing and eviction prevention, and supportive housing. Even with that breadth of services, we rely on community partners to provide for needs we cannot meet. Many veteran community-based organizations, CVOs, offer an array of services, and still, some veterans may prefer to seek services from community-based agencies. This is why providers should connect deeply with the community to fill gaps. First step, outreach. First, of course, veterans need to know that community-based supports exist and have a reason to believe that the services offered are relevant to their lives. Many organizations have expressed difficulty creating appropriate language and engaging with veterans for services. One. Use clear, simple language and design to make your materials accessible to a broad range of veterans, including those experiencing symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, traumatic brain injury, TBI, and stress related to housing and employment needs. Use language that shows you have knowledge of the veteran experience and possible resources. Avoid overly patriotic or military imagery. Veterans have different feelings about their service, and an overabundance of such images can be a turnoff. Overuse of flags and yellow ribbons may appear superficial and cliched rather than project a deeper understanding of veteran services. Provide specific information about services provided and eligibility. If veterans respond to outreach materials only to learn that they are not actually available to them, this can spoil any impetus to seek help. If veterans must have served at a specific time or in a specific branch or must have received specific discharge types, make that clear. Do not rely solely on online outreach. Younger veterans tend to get more information through online and social media sources. 
However, do not assume that all veterans have access to computers, smartphones, or internet access. Conduct targeted outreach at locations where specific veteran cohorts may be found. Women's health clinics, family service offices, LGBTQ plus community centers, community colleges, religious institutions, sports clubs and sporting events, and street outreach. Be creative. A checklist. What language do you include? Do your outreach materials convey that you have a cultural knowledge and understanding of their military and veteran experience? Are they simple and easy to understand? Do you provide clear steps for accessing care? Is your contact information front and center? And is there a direct line or email address with a contact person listed? Do you have a veteran webpage? Is it easy to find? Do you have a veteran campaign on your social media platforms? Are you engaging veteran groups through social media? Is it clear what services that you provide? Is written information in large print with clear steps for accessing care? Is eligibility for services clear to understand? Are veterans sure what services and support they will receive? If you provide flexible hours, is it mentioned? Are there referral networks that can cover a comprehensive level of care? So if you cannot provide the service, you can refer out. And is that clear? Street outreach. If your services address homelessness, mental health need, substance use, and housing assistance, you should engage in street outreach. Those who experience chronic homelessness will not necessarily come to you seeking care. Quite the opposite. It can take repeated outreach to develop trust so that discussions of services or consideration of housing options can take place. Outreach staff should develop relationships with security personnel, homeless providers, public transportation hubs, and others to assist in identifying veterans on the streets. Peer outreach by veterans and staff who have experienced homelessness is especially effective to develop trust and break down barriers to care. Family factors. Family members are often the first to see changes in behavior and difficulties in managing transition. Military spouses and families carry the stresses of military life, such as moves from one duty station to another, acting as a sole caregiver for children during deployment, and adjusting back to, quote, normal family life after extended periods of physical separation. The stress of learning to adapt to behavioral and physical changes, new communication techniques, and expectations can be overwhelming, not to mention the pain of seeing a loved one struggle. After service, they are also the ones who do the research and seek out services for their veteran spouse, child, parents, or partners. Added to this, if a veteran is unable to work, they must be the sole financial provider for the family. This is especially burdensome when they must also juggle caring for them and navigating their care. Research has found a direct relationship between a family's ability to adapt and cope with trauma and the patient's success with rehabilitation and reintegration. Providers should integrate the family to treatment course and ensure that they have the supports they need to address caregiver burden. Considerations. Families can often provide the best perspective on changes in the veteran as a result of an injury. For example, they can spot behavioral changes after a TBI that others may miss, such as changes in speech and mood. Encourage caregivers to seek counseling and pursue respite and self-care. 
Create veteran-friendly and accessible spaces. Consider going beyond the basic Americans with Disability Act or ADA regulations in making space accessible by specifically designing spaces for veterans in both reception areas and private offices. Here are some tips for creating an accessible and considerate space. Make sure the office space is quiet and free of distractions. Make sure there are clear exit signs and clear paths for the veterans to leave and not feel cornered. Make sure seating faces outwards into the room and not with backs facing doors or open spaces. Whenever possible, give veterans multiple options of where to sit and suggest they sit where they feel most comfortable. Your office may be uncomfortable for someone who has experienced trauma. If you have personal items on display in your office that allude to family life and your client is discussing that they have been isolated from family, this may be a painful reminder. They may feel further disconnected from you because of this and be distrustful. Install ramps, handrails, and provide accessible parking spaces. Elevators can create dizzying spells. Install handrails in the elevator and upon exit. Provide written information in large print and provide clear direction signs. Use high-intensity white lights instead of fluorescent and increase natural lighting. Make sure forms are clear to understand and that veterans have enough time to complete them. Screen for veteran status and VA access. Veterans are as diverse as the overall adult population, are represented among every race, gender, religion, and political affiliation, and reside in every state. There is no standard, but there are cliched ideas of veteran identity based on myths and assumptions. Our assumptions not only affect how we treat veterans, but how veterans perceive themselves in relation to the civilian population as well. Always determine veteran status, even if you are not a veteran-specific organization, as this creates a pathway to benefits and resources as well as recognizes their experience. Not all will identify, not all will disclose. Not everyone who is in the military self-identifies as a veteran. Veterans themselves may think that one has to have served in combat or been wounded to be a veteran. They may associate the term veteran with a much older person than themselves. They may not consider it part of their primary identity. They may not want to reveal their veteran status because of stereotypes. Therefore, you should encourage self-identification without fear. Let the veteran know why you are asking and how it will inform the services and resources you can deliver. Here are some preliminary basic intake questions to ask the veteran. Have you ever been in the U.S. Armed Forces? What branches? Were you in the National Guard or Reserves? Were you deployed in a combat zone? What is the date of your last discharge? There are further screening questions to ask to determine VA healthcare access and eligibility. What type of discharge did you receive? Do you have a copy of your DD-214? Are you currently enrolled in VA healthcare? If the client answers yes, determine who their care team is and if services could be better coordinated between you and their VA providers. If the client answers no, determine if the client needs assistance to enroll into VA services and if there are needs that are not met by their current level of care. 
Finally, it is good to screen for VA benefits eligibility. Ask, are you receiving benefits from the VA? If the client answers yes, determine if they are receiving disability compensation, their rating, and what their rating is for. If the client answers no, determine if the client needs assistance to apply for benefits and what potential disabilities may be connected to their military service. Identify health risks associated with service. After asking whether your patient or family member has ever been in the military, ask the individual if it would be okay to talk more about that history. Start with questions regarding time of service, branch of service, and if they experienced any injury or illness during service. You can then ask the veteran if it is okay to delve deeper into circumstances which will pinpoint possible risks or exposures relevant to their service. These issue areas, exposure to sexual combat, race-based, or other trauma and resultant depression, PTSD, or sleep issues. For more information, VA has published a Military Health History Pocket Card, which outlines issues to consider, including how to determine veteran status and pose questions regarding health. Build culturally informed services. Veterans comprise a fraction of the overall U.S. population, and perceptions of military experience are shaped by movies, media, stereotypes, and myths. Veterans should be welcomed into mainstream community care, but also have resources through VA and veteran-specific care. Veteran staffing is a powerful element in developing trust and engagement with clients. Veteran staff can also help colleagues understand veteran culture through everyday interaction and formal peer-to-peer training and mentorship. A veteran working group or steering committee can formalize these efforts. They can also act as a conduit of care and trust between veteran clients and non-veteran staff. Do not assume, however, that veteran staff are up on every aspect of military culture and resources nor should they be the only ones equipped with this information. This is a vast body of knowledge with differences based on branch, era of service, changes to benefits regulation and availability. All staff and volunteers should be educated on veteran issues, experiences and resources. Further education on PTSD, TBI and trauma-informed care is highly recommended. Staff should be trained in veteran culture and resources during onboarding and should have access to this training regularly. Discussions about eligibility, barriers and facilitators to care, and engaging veterans should be a regular conversation among staff. For resources on veteran culture, see Chapter 2. Rely on community and collaboration. No agency should nor can provide all care and opportunity to veterans and their families. In addition, veterans will rarely come to you with one issue. Issues do not occur in a vacuum, and unaddressed issues lead to difficulties in all aspects of life. It is imperative that you maintain relationships with the overall community-based system of care and be able to make warm referrals to community partners. Community veteran collaboratives exist in many locales, wherein social service providers, educators, researchers, policymakers, religious and social leaders meet regularly to discuss veteran needs and to build strong referral networks. 
These collaboratives can also engage in cross-training so that there is no wrong door to care and veterans will be welcomed at mainstream services and within veteran service systems as well. Most importantly, you must engage with your community of veterans in order to learn what is needed on the ground. Beyond talking to your clients, you should consider holding community meetings, focus groups and listening sessions, and client surveys to continually test the value of your work for veterans and determine their emerging needs. This direct line of feedback can be incorporated into your evaluation protocol and communicated to policymakers, funders, researchers, and other providers. The impact of trauma. Trauma can have both dramatic and subtle impact on veteran interactions. Military training emphasizes control and traumatic events embody loss of control. These experiences have a profound impact on individual veteran identity as a warrior, a professional, and a capable person in charge of their lives and relationships. Therefore, it is important to recognize past trauma and do what you can to restore control and predictability in your client interactions. Trauma can manifest in all aspects of the veteran's life. A traumatic event can be just the start of a series of destabilizing events. For example, a study of veterans separated from the military as a result of acquired mild traumatic brain injury showed the experience of unplanned involuntary separation from the military was universally perceived as a crisis equal to the injurious trauma itself. Cognitive, behavioral, and physical changes can instigate lifelong hurdles for the veteran to manage in interpersonal, professional, and everyday interactions. Symptoms of PTSD and TBI like depression, self-isolation, anger, mood swings, and physical pain are themselves barriers to care. Separate the trauma from the veteran. The first step is to distinguish the veteran from the trauma they have experienced. The two are mutually exclusive. Using the term victim is counter to what is a warrior. Use person-centric terms and say veteran who has experienced trauma, not traumatized veteran. Start the conversation. You may need to explore difficult facts with clients in order to identify issues and strategies for services. In addition to difficult subject matter, lingering symptoms and protective behaviors related to the veteran's experience can hamper clear communication. Remember that the veteran may have trouble initially trusting providers or civilians generally and may find it difficult to be open about themselves. Make some ground rules for yourself. Make sure a clear and explicit agenda is communicated before and during meetings. Speak informally. Be open, honest, and concrete. Always acknowledge potential concerns of the veteran up front. Answer questions openly and without judgment. Acknowledge the possibility of misunderstandings and your willingness to address them, especially when it comes to specifics of military experiences, events, and memories. Do not pretend to understand military acronyms and lingo. Acknowledge what you do not know. Make sure you describe what information you need, why you need it, and what will happen with the information they give you. Trauma-informed care considerations. Trauma-informed care is a strength-based framework that requires understanding of and responsiveness to the impact of trauma. 
It emphasizes physical, psychological, and emotional safety of both the provider and the veteran. It creates opportunities to help survivors regain their sense of control and work collaboratively to move toward recovery and substantive goals, such as filing a VA disability claim. Trauma-informed interviewing tips. Inform the veteran upfront what you wish to explore during the session so they can better predict the day's events and be more in control. Always be very clear about when you will be discussing trauma and when you will not. It is important to explore what feeling safe may mean to the veteran and to give multiple opportunities for the veteran to make decisions during your session. Try focusing on short-term goals, as longer-term goals may overwhelm the veteran and lead them to believe their life will be forever changed. Give the veteran the opportunity to talk about worries they may have about the conversation and the process. It is not unusual for veterans who have experienced trauma to have inconsistencies in memory when recalling and telling their stories. Where TBI is concerned, they may have lost consciousness during and immediately following the event. A veteran who's experienced trauma may remember different details of the events at different times or feel pressure to tell the story in a certain way. Avoid speaking of military service as a sacrifice or as a patriotic duty, since many veterans have conflicting emotions about their service, particularly those who have experienced trauma or guilt. Beware of such statements as thank you for your service, which some veterans may not wish to hear or know how to respond to. Consider these factors and remain patient, as trust often takes time to establish. Active listening and de-escalation techniques. After starting the conversation, it is important for the veteran to know that you seek to understand, validate, and support their experiences. Veterans may be reticent to talk because they do not trust you. This trust takes time. They may feel that you have an agenda to fix them, and they may be unwilling to part with aspects of their past and experiences. Violent and traumatic events coupled with military training and cultural norms may well cause the veteran to be hypervigilant and quick to defend themselves. They may be in a highly emotional state or express anger, stress, and frustration. Whenever possible, seek to reduce the intensity of the conflict or emotions. But first, when a veteran is in crisis, you must ensure safety for yourself. Then, consider some tried and tested active listening and de-escalation techniques. Active listening. Be sure to mindfully hear and attempt to comprehend what clients are trying to say. We are not all the best communicators, and physical and mental health issues, trauma, and a cultural tendency to suck it up require extra effort in interviewing. The following are steps to apply to active listening. Mirror. Repeat the last few words of a sentence to encourage the veteran to talk and give more information for you to work with. Paraphrase. Restate the content of what the veteran said to ensure that you actually understand their perspective. This also demonstrates that you care about what they're saying. Emotionally label. Label the emotions the veteran expresses to help bring them from an emotional state to a rational state. Summarize. 
Repeat the facts obtained during the paraphrase stage and the emotional label attached to them in a single statement to demonstrate understanding and ensure that you and the veteran are on the same page. Grounding technique. If a veteran is experiencing anxiety or disassociating, grounding skills can reorient them to the physical environment and space. These skills can be helpful to manage overwhelming feelings or acute anxiety and regain mental focus from the often intense emotional state. One, sight. Ask the veteran to take a look around and comment on what they see. This can reorient them to the physical space. Two, sound. Ask what calming sounds in the environment that the veteran may hear. Ask them to describe what they're hearing in the room. Three, touch. Identify something for them to touch and describe, like the arm of their chair or a coffee cup. Four, get them back into the physical environment. Ask them to take 10 slow, deep breaths and breathe with them. Do not ask them to close their eyes as they may be hypervigilant and feel the need to observe the space. Instead, encourage the veteran to make eye contact with you. Take a stretch together. Go to another room or area to start anew. Avoid judging statements. We suggest you avoid statements that may sound judgmental. You may think this is a given, but many topics that you wish to explore during treatment may be loaded with innuendo. Some examples include, how many people did you kill or did you kill anyone? Though this may need to be discussed, it is not the responsibility of the provider to initiate. The veteran should bring this up on their own. What do you think of the war? This is a politically charged question and has no bearing in therapy. It can potentially push the veteran away from therapy and counseling. Thank you for your service. If you do not know the veteran or how the veteran perceives their military experience in the greater context of their worldview, you run the risk of potentially making the veteran feel awkward or upset. This can affect whether and how the therapeutic relationship will develop. Other skills to utilize. Empathy. This is the natural byproduct of effective, active listening. It implies identifying and understanding the veteran's situation, feelings, and motives. Doing so indicates attitude and genuineness through tone, volume, and cadence. The provider does not need to have gone through the same experience, but they do need to create a place for the individual to feel safe to discuss difficult trauma-related incidents. Rapport. This creates trust and mutual like-mindedness. Once empathy is established, rapport develops with the client. Themes are created, defensive mechanisms are explored. When helping veterans explore traumatic experiences, the provider needs to build a relationship by asking factual, logical questions and connecting the individual to resources when appropriate. Lethal means safety. Veterans may have a close connection to their firearm as it helped provide them safety during the military. Therefore, at home, a veteran may feel compelled to keep a weapon on them or in their home, car, at all times in order to keep themselves and their loved ones safe. Nearly half of all veterans own a firearm. 
Veterans may feel exposed, a loss of control, hypervigilant, or anxious without their firearm. Be sure to navigate this topic by discussing safely storing firearms for their own safety and help veterans be in control of the decision. Ensuring lethal means safety can help put important distance between a veteran and a firearm, and as most crises are temporary, help them manage the crisis safely. The VA has created a great pocket guide for mean safety messaging for clinical staff. They offer recommendations on how to start the conversation. For example, I'm glad you're not having thoughts about suicide, but sometimes a crisis hits and people can experience suicidal feelings. There are some things you can do to help ensure your safety if that were to happen. Would it be okay if we talked about this for a minute? Rates of suicide with firearms are high among veterans, and depression can increase risk for suicide. I am talking with all my patients with signs of depression about things they can do to stay safe, including about firearms and medication safety. Are you aware of options for safely storing firearms and medications when they are not in use? Safe storage is an essential part of the discussion. The pocket card has many recommendations to navigate safe storage, and for many veterans, using a buddy system with another veteran is often life-saving. A veteran can create a pact with another veteran friend to give over their firearms temporarily for a friend to safely store them while the veteran is in crisis. But note, state laws may limit temporary storage, so make sure to confirm the laws in your state. Ensure self-care. Providing veteran services can be difficult and potentially demanding. Most providers operate in nonprofit or government offices that have limited capacity and pay less than private workplaces. Further, staff may be exposed to trauma as well as secondary traumatization. Make sure that your organization prioritizes staff supports and burnout prevention. Staff must have access to employee wellness resources, cultural humility and sensitivity training, and leadership-led initiatives in respect, supportive supervision, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Care approach for veterans of color, women, and LGBTQ plus veterans. Specific populations of veterans require considerations for outreach, engagement, and care approach. Veterans of color. According to the 2017 Department of Defense Workplace and Equal Opportunity Survey of active duty members, 31.2% of Black service members, 23.3% of Asian American service members, and 21% of Latinx service members reported suffering racial discrimination, harassment, or both. This experience is borne out in the number of veterans who experience homelessness and veterans who received less than honorable or bad paper discharges. Providers should consider that veterans of color may have experienced military race-based trauma or that their race or ethnicity has impacted their opportunities in service and subsequent access to benefits and care. Veterans of color are also less likely to be successful in receiving service connection for PTSD and our broader healthcare system has been known to dismiss, downplay, or overlook their health needs. Ensure that the principles of diversity, equity, and inclusion are embedded in service delivery and examine your own implicit bias in your care approach. 
tailor outreach materials to be inclusive, and conduct outreach through diverse community-based organizations and entities. Adopt the motto, not about us without us, and ensure veterans of color are included in leadership decisions and treatment considerations. Women veterans. Women veterans are the fastest growing cohort among veterans. They serve in combat and have done so long before being officially sanctioned in these roles. They are, however, less likely to self-identify as veterans or seek veteran-specific services. So non-veteran-specific providers should absolutely screen for veteran status and related needs. Women veterans have expressed feeling uncomfortable in predominantly male veteran spaces at VA and veteran agencies, or completely discounted and assumed to be wives, girlfriends, or daughters. Women veterans also face substantial risks in service, including stresses of deployment, trauma, and grossly high rates of military sexual trauma, or MST. They are the fastest growing cohort among veterans who experience homelessness, and they are far more likely to complete suicide than non-veteran women. Military trauma can increase institutional distrust and create reticence to seek care. While you should never assume past trauma, be sure to apply trauma-informed practices and develop trust with women clients. It is important to make sure that the woman veteran seeking care is made to feel safe, and it is important for you as the provider to explore what feeling safe may mean to her. If possible, offer a separate, more private space to wait for appointments. Be sure to discuss confidentiality and resources that you offer and try to understand her experiences as unique compared to civilian clients. Train staff on women veteran cultural experiences. Encourage women to take advantage of veteran-specific care and benefits, including women veteran clinics at the VA. But based on their experiences, they may prefer not to seek veteran-specific care. Partner with women and family service community organizations for warm referrals. LGBTQ plus veterans. LGBTQ plus veterans may be less likely to self-identify as veterans given their history of exclusion in the military service. From a full bar to service to the era of don't ask, don't tell, D-A-D-T, LGBTQ plus veterans have faced punishment, harassment, retaliation, and expulsion from the military. Described as the double closet, veterans explain hiding their LGBTQ plus status from fellow service members and hiding their military or veteran status from civilians to avoid stigma and worse. Transgender veterans most recently have been subject to social and political backlash. Given this history, it is understandable that LGBTQ plus veterans may be hesitant to seek out veteran-specific services. Consider LGBTQ plus veterans in your outreach and develop materials specifically inviting the LGBTQ plus veteran community to care. Conduct outreach through service providers and community groups. Pronouns matter. Misgendering a veteran can have lasting consequences during care. Ask, can you remind me which pronouns you prefer that people use for you to avoid misgendering them? Avoid unintended judgmental statements or questions, such as asking about the gender of their partner or making assumptions about their experiences and trauma based on their status. Ensure all staff are trained in LGBTQ culture and care approach. The takeaway. 
Learning about veteran culture is an essential first step in effective services. Learning about care approach is the second essential step and will retain veterans in your services and ensure all of their needs are addressed. Providing a welcoming space, starting the right conversation, and applying active listening and de-escalation techniques is key to showing veterans you truly support them.